What up out there, podcast world? You are now listening to Patina Co. Presents Stay With Me, and I'm your host, Dennis. And today's guest we have lined up. She goes by the name of SVT Bird on Instagram. Her real name is Sam, and she's a very special person. She's going to give us a perspective on what it takes as a woman coming through a male-dominated field of the technician, mechanic, builder. She's got a 1978 T-Bird that she is currently working on and she constantly works on it because it's her daily driver it's her form of transportation to get herself to work so it has to be in tip-top shape we're going to listen to the journey of her and that vehicle and where it's taken her and where the project is going to end up but right now we're just going to jump right into this all right everybody we're here with sam the svt bird on instagram and I appreciate you taking your time out and doing this with us today and coming on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad to be here and thank you for having me, Dennis. Hey, for sure, man. I've been watching you since we've been following each other and the things that you do are really cool. And as I told you, I was telling, uh, I show my daughter the things that you're doing with your vehicle and whenever she tells me something that you know she can't do it or she thinks it's hard i'm like look look at this and i pull up your page and show her what you're doing what you have done with your car and that gives her kind of like a little nudge and she's like okay and then you know you got the the whitish hair and she's got blonde hair so she's like okay she's kind of like me so now she's kind of turning out to be like a little daredevil so you know I am. And as I told you, I'm, I I don't really know you, but I am proud of you for what you're doing and having the guts to, to show what you're doing. And there's a lot of people I've seen on your page that are following along and they really like what you're doing. So what I want to know is like, how did you get started in the whole hot rod thing? I first fell in love with hot rods. I remember being, I think it was, I think I was five. I might maybe I was younger than that but I, I didn't get started with hot rods but I got started outside helping my dad with his trucks and my my uncle he when he was alive he was big into building motorcycles and he built a couple cool old cars as well but I didn't really spend a lot of time around hot rods specifically it was more of like a dream and more of something that I could see from afar because I'm from a small town in Upper Michigan. And unless you have big money or a really, really good job, you don't really have money for a hot rod. Like me ending up with my car was kind of, was something special and something that my mom made happen for me. But I used to watch monster jam and drag racing and nascar with my dad and i was just like man i want to be a nascar driver but you know when you're five that doesn't seem impossible and my dad was like oh yeah he never shot down my crazy dreams of that and neither did my mom but when I was able to start doing more work on cars with him or when I became old enough and my mom was like, okay, I'm going to buy you some tools. And she let me work on her old Cadillac. She had, she had a 90 Eldorado. She bought me my first tools and she let me work on her car because the guy that she had work on wasn't doing much better than I would have. And it gave me the ability to learn and get better at it. And then when I was able to get into auto tech in high school, I was able to make money through the shop and because I always excelled at it. And I was able to make money through the shop and work on my teacher's cars and friends' cars that were old enough to have cars. I didn't have a driver's license until I was 18. So cars are kind of just like far away from being mine and when I turned 18 my mom let me drive around her Eldorado that she had but it didn't make very long and I don't really consider it ever being mine because it's, it's really not yours unless the title's in your name right and I had 
as crazy as this seems, when I was 16, I had worked at a cemetery digging graves and I was a landscaper, essentially. That's what they had the job listed as. It was a summer job and it was landscaping. But you were also doing burials and taking care of all that stuff, as well as parks and stuff. But every day, my mom would drive me to work, and we would drive past this body shop in Dollar Bay, Michigan. It's called Martin's Custom and Collision. And right there on the side of the shop was the T-Bird. And every day, we would drive past it, and it would just be sitting there. And I was like, man... I love that car because for many years I thought it was a Lincoln, but it was still the coolest thing I'd ever seen because where I'm from, there aren't a lot of old cars and especially a lot of cars like this. And I remember one July I was driving out to my friend's camp and I'm driving past the shop and there it is on the side of the road with a for sale sign on the windshield. I took and quickly maneuvered and did a U-turn and turned back and called and found out how much he wanted for it. Well, the Cadillac still was running semi-decent, so my mom was like, well, if it dies, then we'll, we'll do it. Well, it ran for about another month later, and the transmission finally quit for the most part. I mean, it did okay enough for me to do demolition derby with it after the fact. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, mom, what are we gonna do with this car? It's not worth anything. Cause it had already been totaled previously. Cause when I was, how old was I? I think I was 17 when she hit a deer with it and completely totaled out the front end. And they totaled the car, gave her the money for it, but she still kept it so that I'd have something to tinker with. I fixed the whole entire front end to the point where it looked good from afar, but I didn't have money to properly fix it, like 100%. Like, I had, like, one can of color match paint for it, <laughs> and that's what I had to fix the sides of the car because it had been... Where I'm from, winters are really, really, really tough on cars. They are so tough on them. So after nine winters, it had, a whole, like three or four holes in the side of it where you could stick your hand inside the door and all the way up inside the trunk. So it was, it was rusty, but I was trying to make it look semi-decent. Right. And, and it did up until the day I stripped it down to be demo derby. So you actually demolition derby the car? Yeah, I, yeah, I did demo derby with that car. It didn't last very long because the ex-boyfriend I had at the time, he was wanting to help me out get it ready for the demo derby and he took and shaved the contacts off the side of the fuel pump so because you can't have an actual gas tank you have to have a fuel cell in the car and we made one out of a gas can i'm like well we'll just cut the hole in it and drop the whole sending unit in the can well he took and shaved the sides off the pump and dropped it in the can so there were electrical contacts inside the gas oh. exposed and it just couldn't, it couldn't take it. It overheated and the the pump died. And I tried to pull the flag off the windshield and it, actually the, only the stick came out, but the orange flag was still stuck in the windshield. So everybody thought I was still in it. <laughs> I think I got T-boned about seven more times after that on my oh. passenger side. Oh man. <laughs> And I got pushed up against the concrete barriers. It so, was <laughs> you got to you got to see somewhat what your NASCAR dream was about, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. So the impact, like, how hard were they hitting you? Like, were they coming full on, or was it just like? Oh great? yeah, they they don't play no games because it's like a twelve hundred dollar prize. Oh yeah, twelve hundred bucks is a lot of money. So heck yeah. So you was just like a, you was a as they say you was a sitting duck in the pond, and yeah, <laughs> these guys were taking their shots at you, and that's crazy. So how did you get out of that situation? Like, well, eventually there was one person left, and I was done. <laughs> 
I just didn't want to stick my hand out the mesh on the door. It wasn't worth it. Right, right, right. So, okay, so what place did you come in then? Uh, I don't remember, but it was fairly close to last place. Oh, okay. But I was only doing it for the fun. Like, it had been something... Every year in August, in the end of August, they have a county fair where I'm from. So every year there's a demo derby there. And every year from the time I was an infant, I watched that demo derby and I wanted to do it. And my mom, my mom is the best single mom you can ever imagine. She will, she moved to Texas with me to help me because I'm from a small, I'm from where my dad lives is a town of like less than a thousand people. Okay. And so moving to Texas, I had never driven on like a two lane highway or interstate in my entire life. So it was kind of a shell shock for me. Right. So my mom didn't want me to be all alone and she didn't want me to, she didn't want me to fail. She wanted to give me the best chance of getting my dreams. Cool, cool, cool. And that, that's, you know what, that's a, that's, that's just awesome. Like not wanting to leave you out there knowing that the things were different and the pace was a little different from where you're from to there and she come along with you and helped you get to where you are and it it's benefited you because look at where you are now you know like she's a big reason why i was so successful because she didn't let anything get in my way and she's always been my number one supporter that's a good thing to hear and you but you uh, at credit to you you had a dream and you had a goal and you stuck with it and you stayed within those channels of that goal by going to tech school and learning mechanics and whatnot both my auto tech instructors were very big into trying to help me get a job locally without me having to go to tech school because they knew I was capable of it and the sad part is um my one of my auto tech instructors his job that he worked at during the summer when school was out the shop he worked at his boss would not give me a chance in hell to work there but shortly after I got the job at the junkyard I worked at and like even with my auto tech instructor is telling him I was more than capable of doing the job. He still would not give me a chance. And it hard to, it's as much as it sucks to say, it's like that a lot of places where even if you have somebody that can give you a good recommendation, they still won't take you seriously as a woman because they, they sometimes they just don't see us as being as capable, but he would come to the junkyard to get parts for customers because where I'm from, not a lot of people have money for new parts. So junkyard parts used to be huge. And he would come to the junkyard and get parts from us. And when he did and saw what I was doing, he like changed his tune so fast. But I still, I was like, dude, you screwed it up. I'm never going to buy. Cool, cool. Yeah, right. And that's that's a cool thing. Like and that and I understand it. Like so I have two two girls here. One's littler than the other one. One's only eight, but then you got one here that's seventeen. And so, you know, and then of course Nikki, you know, and there's a lot of issues with females trying to get into any industry, you know, and it and it's kinda it's messed up and if someone's qualified to do something, it shouldn't matter what gender or what race they are. And I don't want to get into that whole thing. But I mean, I'm just saying you it shouldn't matter oh, yeah. that you're a woman. If you're capable as you are, then why not give you the chance just like you would give the next man? Because if you mess up, we'll then get rid of you. But don't get rid of you before you even know what you're capable of doing. And so that's why like i said i don't know you personally but i'm proud of you for having the guts to to show what you can do and you put it online and let people see and let people know what you're about and uh you're well received and it's just cool i like seeing you do what you do 
I try to always put it online because I remember when I don't remember how old I was, but I remember watching Overhaul and when Jesse Combs was on there. Yeah. And he was like one of the few females I'd ever seen on TV doing that. And I was like, I want to be her one day. And did I think when I was 25, I'd have an opportunity to be in the same sort of situation as her? No, but I'm so thankful every day that I have the job I have. Because I remember the day I came to apply this job, I was I was nervous already because it was my dream job. But then add to it, I walk in the shop and I see a 70 Charger RT, black on black. And I'm just like, my palms get sweaty. You know, like when you see somebody that you have a crush on in like high school and your palms get super sweaty and you get that nervous feeling in your stomach. I was shaking. It was, I was so nervous. Not because I didn't think I could Mm. do it, but I'd really never seen, I'd never been in like a hot rod shop before. Right. And then right next to that 70 Charger RT, there was a 50 Merc, all gold on bags, leopard print interior. And when I say gold, I mean metal flake gold, the entire car. Wow. Absolutely gorgeous. So then my hands got even more sweaty and I got even more nervous. And I walked upstairs and I met my boss for the first time and I was. I was so nervous and my coworker that I work with was in the office with them and he's like, I thought you were going to pass out. <laughs> but, but my boss, Jerry, he saw through that and he was just like, there's something here. And I came back when I was less nervous and I landed it. Cool, and I, I, this is the best job I've ever had. <laughs> Cool. I mean, it's and that's an awesome story, and I'm that's why I'm glad you came on because you have a story to tell, and I've been trying to land you on here for centuries. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been trying to get you on here and, and tell your story. I've been trying to get you to do the the whole patina views, and you've just been busy, but you're working like you got your whole career going. So I understand. It's definitely a hard juggling act, and my car tends to not get as much attention as it it needs. Like, I have, like, about five projects on it I still need to do, but I'll probably keep procrastinating them. But I definitely need to get my control, my rear control arms on so I can do some spirited driving. Right, right, right. Well, you the latest thing, um, so you put a different shifter in there. Remember the shifter broke? Oh yeah, that was that was a great Monday morning. But I still made it on work on time. <laughs> like, and the sad part was it was warming up for ten minutes before. Well, not ten minutes, about five minutes before I went to leave. So my header was hot, and my shift linkage is like about half an inch away from the header tube. Right. And it it was hot, and I was like, man. So I have a toolbox in my back seat because the, the key to driving a classic car every day is never leave home without anything you could possibly need to get it home. There you if go. If it breaks, because anything can be reliable, but machines can only be so perfect. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed a uh, adjustable crescent wrench and what else did I grab out of there? Uh, set of pliers. And I took and closed the door, put my toolbox, well, I put my toolbox back in the back seat, closed the door, went to try to pull, because it completely shat, it completely, um, I suck at this. No, you're good. <laughs> it completely ripped the column shifter off of the column and completely ripped it off the cable because the cable froze. So I went to go under the dash where the cable connects to the shifter itself and see if I could move it. Well, I thought I was going in the right direction. turns out I hit reverse. So I get in the car and start it, and it lunges back real quick because it was in reverse. And I have a covered parking spot, so the pull for the parking spot was covering my door. And I can't get my toolbox out without 
my door open because I have to take and move the seat forward and then pull it out very carefully. But I couldn't get it open, so I just had those two tools to take and fix my car. So I get under there and carefully remove the the um, bolt that holds the linkage to the transmission lever and put it in drive and head to work. Mm, mm, mm. But the entire time I'm like, am I going to be late? And I pull up and I'm not late. <laughs> awesome yeah you yeah because then and then later you did the follow-up videos where you put the new shifter in and you got all that straightened out and i know you remember well i'm asking if you remember of course you remember but you put the clear distributor in and oh yeah that was that was on there when i originally built the 429 that was just because I didn't have money at the time to buy a new distributor. And I was already debating doing the fuel injection then. It was just a matter of money-wise. Because the whole transmission and engine deal was supposed to be like a really, really low-buck rebuild. Like, I thought I was going to spend maybe like three, four grand on this. It ended up being about 11 grand. Mm. But... At the end of the day, I had already gone through everything on the car, so it was pretty much just the finishing touches to make it a completely brand new car. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. People don't understand that, I mean, even like, so I build rat rods primarily, and these things come all the way down to the frame and they get built all the way back up. And people don't understand that, yeah, the body looks like shit, but underneath and the parts that count are all new and that all costs money and it takes time to do that sort of thing. And I see you doing your thing and I know you're spending the time and you're putting quality stuff on the vehicle. And I like the vehicle because you got the, your fabricated uh, cow hood and all that going on and it's just cool it's like your own personal thing and that's what a person's car should be in my opinion if you're building something you might as well build it to your spec never mind who you know what somebody else thinks it should be it's yours so make it your own oh yeah yeah i mean that's the that's the key to really making something that will make you happy is if you build it the way that you want it to be because it'll never make you happy if you build it the way that somebody else wants it to be exactly like exactly that's the whole thing if you wanted the cookie cutter car well then go to the car lot and there's who knows yeah like i pull up on this chevy dealer and i see 16 camaros so they all look the same but somebody's gonna buy one of those camaros and they're gonna put a different type of body kit on it or something to make it their own and that's the whole point of it make it your own and do what you want to do and never mind like you just said who cares what anybody else wants to do and most of the time honestly what i've noticed in all of my times of the car life is that the people that talk down on somebody that did something to their vehicle or why did they do that or they should have did this they don't even have shit you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... They just like to talk shit. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't even have... So, the thing about it is, people ask, you know, and I'm like, well, where's your ride? Oh, you know, it's, I got to get the, the drive shaft put in and, ooh, and bullshit. They're not even showing up at the shows or the meets or whatever. They're just there thinking that they're big shit and, you know, half the time they're talking about somebody else's vehicle they don't even have one and they want to criticize and that's the whole thing and that's why i appreciate you and the other people on patina code because everybody is so cool like everybody's down the earth and everybody's just real like this is what i got this is what i'm building and i'm like right on you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah a lot a lot of people are like, why would you build that? Why would you spend your money on that? But it, at the end of the day, it makes me happy. And every time I drive it, it just gives me a feeling that money can't buy. Right. Like you can 
I've driven really cool cars. I I get to drive cool cars every day at work and get to work on really badass cars. But at the end of the day, no matter how cool that car is, I can't get in it and have the same feeling that I have with this car. Because I've been on this for seven years now. Wow. And when you... From where it started to where it is today, it's not even the same. It, it's the same feeling, but I, the way I feel when I'm driving it versus when it was stock is just so much more... It makes me feel full inside because I know that I've pushed myself and I've done what I've had to do to keep it alive for all of these years and to make it what it is. Like, it's not original to have a big block in these. Many people do because it's a, they should have came with a big block option. But it might not be original, but nobody has one just like mine. Exactly. It may, it may have one of the worst bodies on it in the planet and have rust holes everywhere and have bad surface rust on every single panel and massive dents and dings and bad paint and but at the end of the day it's mine and somebody commented on one of my photos the other day and they were like man i've taken shits prettier than your car and it's like but you're looking at it as oh it's just a ratty t-bird but i've spent thousands of hours making this what it is not everybody can appreciate certain people's art but that doesn't make it less awesome than somebody who fully restores a 69 camaro or somebody's beautiful 50 merc at the end of the day the same amount of time goes into it. Exactly. And the same, and if not more, pride goes into this for me because I drive it every day. I do not own another vehicle. I plan on buying another vehicle next year, hopefully, to take and repair the roof since I have massive rust holes in it and I don't want to body swap it because that wouldn't make it my car anymore right it would be a different car so i'm gonna fix the rust on the roof and maybe make a custom roof skin for it but that's just to make it mine and keep it mine because why change it right no and and that's going back to the 69 camaro how many of them do you see you see a bunch of them your T-Bird, you don't see a bunch of them, you know? And it's been over, like, five years since I've driven on the same road as another 7th Gen Thunderbird. Right. I only ever see them at junkyards or, like, rotting away in someone's driveway. Exactly. And you're, what you're saying, it kind of brought back... So, the motor that I have in Zero came out of uh a 77 monte carlo and you do not see those on the road i kind of wish i would have spared the car but it ended up in the same faith which what what you talked about was it ended up going to a crash derby a guy came i put it on craigslist guy said hey i want the car he came got it i said what are you gonna do with it he's like oh we're gonna run it in the the derby i said oh (laughs) shit you know (laughs) but looking back i'm like damn maybe i should have just you know, patched up what needed to be patched up and then ran that car because you do not see the 77 Monte Carlo and it had the Londoff roof, you know, the fuzzy roof and shit. So it's like, man, and I would have left it patina style, but I was just after the motor, which the motor's only a 305, but that was in the beginning stages of me deciding I wanted to build vehicles. So I've took the motor and kept the training and then the rest of the car was gone but 
the point is i wish now i would have kept him because you don't see them and just like your your t-bird you do not see those but you see camaros you see the i don't know the well like three corvettes you're right you see, you see all of that right or like down here uh new dodge chargers and challengers or really big you'll go to a car meet and I don't, I don't hate on anybody's car because that is your thing but it would be cool to see more more crazy classics like this and more crazy stuff right it would be i mean there's and well tonight we're doing the we're going over to see chris's uh gremlin and you just don't see those you know what I mean? Oh, no. You don't see the Gremlin. And although he's putting a turboed LS in it, it's cool because you do not see the Gremlin. Actually, there is another Gremlin down the road from me. It's probably two miles. and But it's all original. And it's painted up, but it's painted up to a different style. You know, it looks cool. It's got metal flake paint and all that, but it's cool. But you that's the only two Gremlins that I know about in our area and then the car shows that we go to and there's a lot of car shows here in missouri we make the trips like we go and there's a lot of car shows to go to here in missouri and i don't see any gremlins and that's a cool car to do your t-bird is a cool car to do um anything else of the odd body styles because you know you have years so well like um I know more about trucks. So, 73 was not a desirable truck. Everybody wants 67 through 72, but now you've got the 64 to 66 is becoming more popular. The 73 to 82 is coming really popular. You know, so it's it's like you, you can go to car shows and you see a bunch of 67 through 72 Chevy trucks. But you don't see the 73, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 80 very much around here in Missouri at the car shows. There's a few, but not many. And like your T-Bird, I haven't seen any of those around here in Missouri. And like I say, we make a broad circle, you know, to car shows. It's just not little area 15, 20 mile car shows. We go out. So, and I haven't seen any restored or ratted or patinaed or unfinished t-birds like yours anywhere in missouri yeah i haven't seen one down here i've seen the same gen cooper at um dallas auto show and they had it in the showroom which was it was a beautiful car but you don't see a lot of them because they don't really they don't have any good aftermarket repop parts for them so right. if you buy one of these you want it to be a complete car because otherwise you're you're gonna end up buying another car to finish that car or end up spending a ridiculous amount of money at junkyard to get parts for it like my driver's door is messed up and it would be two hundred dollars for a bare shell of a door so i would have to take all of my power windows all of my power locks out of my door my glass the regulators all that put it in that door for two hundred dollars and that's way too much work for me <laughs> so, but the door fits the whole motif i have going on because the whole car is rusty and it's it's all dented but it looks good doing what it's doing it, and when i get the cool old dirt track numbers that i'm gonna hand paint on it done and all the lettering and stuff it's gonna look even better all right, so you're adding some more motif to them, some more of your own style. Yeah, eventually. I, I have to find the time to do it because I have to take and take off all the little nubs for the door trim on the doors. And I don't know if I'm going to take the rest of the trim off because there are some nasty rust holes underneath. And I don't really feel like spending all that time doing rust repair. Right, right. So now, do you, so what do you do in your current? position like are you are you a fabricator i know you're your boyfriend and we have to let people know 
Sam has a boyfriend, so you guys can't hit her up and be like, "Hey, what's up?" You know what I mean? Because <laughs> there's a I lot. I am of... happily. T- I am happily off the market. <laughs> cool, cool. And, uh, hey, because there's a lot of people gonna listen to this, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, man, I need to get in touch with her, right?" So, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I get weird messages from people, and that's why I have his Instagram on my bio, so people don't hit me up as often as they do. Right, right, and that's cool, and and, and that's that's the honorable thing, and, and people are, you know, there's people that's out there, but yeah, we're putting that out there. Sam has a boyfriend, and he, he ain't fucking around either, so don't come at Sam with no nonsense, right? <laughs> so yeah no but um yeah it's it's cool because as many women as there are out there it's not being promoted enough that there's women that can do these things so when i was a kid and so i got like 20 something years on you and i used (laughs) i used to go to the we my dad was big into to drag racing and nascar and he still is but he used to take us every year to indianapolis and we would go to the indianapolis raceway and we would watch the drag racing and it was always a big spectacle if shirley mo downey she was an old school drag racer would show up you know and it was like women just didn't do that sort of thing but in all reality, women has been a part of the whole automotive culture since almost the beginning. But like, you know, you've seen the movies like Grease and you got the girls and they're, well, now they're called pinup girls. But so women's been a culture. But at the same time, there was women that were greasers as well. They just didn't get the notoriety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's not like a new thing because now you have Courtney Force and all that. Everybody's like, oh, Courtney Force and the the girl that drives for, oh, I just call her a woman that drives for NASCAR. Um, Danica Patrick. Yeah, Danica Patrick. Everybody's like, oh, it's such a big deal. She was an IndyCar driver before she went to NASCAR. And it's not a big deal. It's a big deal because a woman is getting the press, which is cool. And a woman's, a woman's getting the notoriety. But women have been in the automotive for many many years yes it is and people don't understand that and i'm like that's why i was so big on wanting to get your your build put out there and as i mentioned the 73 charger chick getting hers put out there because there's women that's doing this and then of course you have the horsepower honeys which are on instagram they drag race i just think it's cool and even more so not only because i have girls but I'm for I'm with all that like the whole equality of everything like everybody if you can do the shit then why not let that person be in the forefront you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean and to kind of get back at like your first question about um what I do at my job and to get back to one of the women that you mentioned courtney force the 454 ss truck i'm putting the big block chevy in that we had a defective crate motor through number three rod that truck actually used to be john force's shop truck really yes but to kind of get back at what my job position is i i fabricate small parts and I do mechanical work, whether it be anything from, you know, an oil change to any crazy build, just whatever is in between. Like I can, right now I have a 65 Corvette, I'm doing headlight doors on, and I have another C2 Corvette that is a candy black cherry that I'm also gonna do the headlight doors on. And I just finished up a 47 Ford doing, it's a, got a 327 out of a Corvette in it. I just finished doing basic maintenance on that. And then I've got the 454 SS truck that I'm dropping the 489 cubic inch big block Chevy in. 
and I have a car that I'm redoing emblems on because I do emblem restoration. I do custom paint, whether it be pinstriping, custom, like, if you want a wildcat painted on an air cleaner or <laughs> pinstriping on a dash, I'm, I'm your girl. If you want something plastic welded and flawless, I'm your person. If you, I do what I'm told. <laughs> You're right. And I figure it out. And even if I don't learn it, I'm not afraid of a challenge because if if you're not challenged, then you're not really getting better. You got that. Like right. even my worst, most frustrating days at work, at the end of the day, I'm better at my job because of those frustrating projects. Yeah. Like it's like Mustang two racks on any vehicle can even because I just did one on the 47 Ford. Rack and pinions aren't hard, but it can be hard if you're taking an original Mustang 2 rack off and putting an aftermarket one on, and then you have to totally re-engineer the steering to work with the new rack. Or whether it be... Nothing about working on hot rods ever, rarely ever goes smoothly there's always some sort of crazy hang-up that just makes it more difficult. But at the end of the day, you can learn from that and go back. Exactly. And you're, and th the point you've made is, even though you have an original Mustang 2, and then you swap it for a new age, that's not the Mustang 2 that it was because it's now designed to fit something else. And then the whole geometry and all that what the tie rods have to be just well, right it's, it's not so much that but just several like little differences because the original mustang two racks can be a lot shorter and stuff but yep. i don't know why i'm on the subject of mustang two racks but well, it's kind of a, a sore spot for me because the last two i've had have been a nightmare so you got it well you have to put spacers in the rack right yeah, sometimes, yeah. depending on the vehicle. Yeah, because, well, I've had to put spacers in the, the rack for the 56 here, for zero. Because the rack isn't designed, because if you think about yeah. the original Mustang 2, the, the track width up front is not the same as what the track width on the 56 Chevy truck is. So you have to put oh, yeah. those spacers in there. I actually did one a couple weeks ago on a blue 56 that the rack went out on and it was a nightmare because I had never seen a rack extension before ever. And I'm like, man, why is the new rack so short? And not really anybody at my shop had ever experienced that either. Cause normally we buy a different kind of rack and pinion. We don't do Mustang two on just about anything. Sometimes we do more, custom special order racks on stuff right but i'm just like man why is this rack shorter and it took me a bit and i pulled off the boots and pulled the inner tie rod ends and there's that spacer and i'm just like man that makes sense yeah it's a weird looking little spacer too isn't it <laughs> yeah it's, and it's a pain to get off when it's not on the car anymore <laughs> yeah i know man yeah i've had to deal deal with that and uh yeah, that's some weird stuff. And so one of the vehicles, yeah, and that's fine. You want to shout out your your the place you work for if you want to say who, where that is. I work for House of Hot Rods in Mansfield, Texas. It's just really cool. We do anything from just about basic maintenance to whatever cool, crazy build you want. Like anything. Yeah. We're not scared. <laughs> well, no, man, because I seen that Dodge that you guys remember. Uh, you just showed it. Oh yeah, our green uh, swept line dually. Yeah, man, that's that thing. CR, that's our owner's truck, and he loves. He's a big Mopar guy. He loves Mopars, and that's definitely one of the coolest duallys I've ever seen. That that and just the paint in general is just absolutely gorgeous because it's never the same color when you look at it in the sun yeah it was pretty cool i was, I was looking at it because you did a a short video on it and i was like man look at that shit and um it was it was nice and for that year dodge i had a dodge and i couldn't find 
you know being in this industry it's hard to find parts for a dodge especially truck and well uh, an early model dodge truck and when i seen that truck i was like what the hell you know it was it was nice i really liked it it was pretty cool it's it's over the top and it's flashy but it's absolutely gorgeous and it's probably one of my favorite vehicles he has and he has a lot of vehicles and we have a lot of vehicles in the shop too wow yeah man you guys it looks like though but the thing about it is you have fun doing what you're doing i can see the passion in what you're doing like just on your your car you know you show things and that's the thing you're proud of what you've done and it shows by the the quality of work that you're doing like you said you spent numerous hours and money bringing this car to the stage that it is like basically breathing new life into it and you're owning the car and you're making it yours and it shows a lot that you are passionate about what you do at your job and on your personal items as well and that's really appreciated well if you don't have it having a passion for something just makes it all the more satisfying when you get it to where it is i can get in my car every day start it and i know it'll start flawlessly i know it'll drive flawlessly and i know i won't have any problems right but that feeling of confidence in something makes it all worth it and this job i spent five years working at carmax working on new stuff working on just i used to work on porsches bmws i would hit a button on the computer and i didn't know what i was gonna get it was it was a mystery to me (laughs) but like i could pull a audi q7 and have it be a total nightmare or I could get a Nissan Altima and have it be a brake job dream. But that every day I went to work and I was really bad about missing days because of my back problems and my knee problems and the rest of my joint problems in my body. But I'd be really bad about, I hated that job so much and I'd go to work every day and I would hate my job. And one day I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I went and found this job. And this was the first shop I had applied for in three years. The last job I had applied for previously was at a a performance shop, but all they wanted me to do was new car stuff. And it was just like, I'm not gonna leave to do new car stuff here when I'm doing it at another shop. Right. It just wasn't worth it. Yeah, I understand. I feel you completely. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, but when you're happy doing what you're doing, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes life just seem so much better when you love what you do. Yeah, and that's the key to it, man. You got to be happy doing what you're doing and you're happy building on the t-bird and people are happy with it because i see you know like i tell everybody i look at i don't just go through and scroll like i'm actually looking at what you guys are posting because it's teaching me that's how come i know so much about you because i'm actually looking you're giving me a window into your life as far as that car and so when you really enjoy doing that type of thing it shows and people like i said people and you know it because you see the same thing i see as far as the likes and the views people enjoy seeing you do what you do and i think a lot of it is that people can relate to what you're doing just going out there building what you have and making it their own creation pretty much Yeah, I feel like so many people worry about having something that's beautiful on the outside and not looking towards having something that just makes them happy without spending all the money. 
on it. Like, I would love to maybe one day have this car look pristine, but I'm not going to stress myself and put have it down for so long because I'm trying to fix the body and make it perfect or spending... My big thing is there aren't enough of these cars that exist to part out, want to sacrifice another car to fix all the rust on this. Right. Like, there are... I have people in my Thunderbird groups that are like, oh, your steering wheel split in the center. I have this nice, perfect steering wheel. Well, my view on it is save that steering wheel for somebody who's doing a restoration on one because they can take that beautiful steering wheel and have it in a car that it's making it perfect again this car will never be perfect it will never ever be perfect in the purest eyes when i look at it it's perfect to me but at the end of the day like couple months ago when I was doing the EFI my dash pad cracked one day and it was going to be about three to four hundred dollars for me to get a new dash pad done well a new dash pad from somebody else in the Thunderbird group and it wasn't even going to be the right color but I didn't want to sacrifice that dash pad that somebody else could use on something so I got mine done in what is came in like a higher option Thunderbird I had it wrapped in vinyl because it was what I wanted and it was what would preserve that dash pad that somebody else can use on a restoration. And I got something that's even more beautiful. All right. And I was going to try to learn how to do it myself, but I was doing the EFI at the same time and it just wasn't reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. No. That's what you do, man. You gotta make it your own, man. I've I've wrapped the dash pad and it's it's fairly simple, but it's kinda hard because you do have to do pie cuts and all that to make the fabric lay down nice and smooth if you're trying to get it looking good. And yeah, man, you're just taking what you have and incorporating your own style and you're building it to suit you and that's what's important and that's the whole part of patina code you know there's a lot of people a lot of people that say hey man i really like your page but my car is not patina i'm like okay so what it's for everybody if you're proud of your ride then you can be a part of patina code because all we promote is people being happy with what they have and if you have a little bit of knowledge or information that you want to share, then we we'll put that out there. That's what it's all about, being happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you can spend $50,000 on a car, and at the end of the day, it's not. it might not even start up half the time, or it might have crazy electrical problems. Yeah. But me, I've probably sunk about $20,000 into my car. Yeah. But every day it might not be perfect but every day it gets me where i'm going and it makes me happy doing it yeah man i know it man hey and that's the thing like people's like i see people trying to sell their their cars and stuff and mainly patina rods rat rods and they got this high price tag on it yeah it might not be worth all that much but what people don't understand is that when you take one apart and you go completely through it and you put new parts in, we're talking four links, Mustang twos, racks, tubular A-arms, that stuff adds up. Don't look at the body and think, oh, that thing ain't worth that. You have to look at the guts and that's what your car's got, it's got the guts. So, like I said, it's a cool car and proud of you for doing it and posting it and being out there and showing people and, uh, doing what it is that you do and it's it's just a cool thing i just want to show people that they can have fun with just about anything and like these cars they're very you can find them under two thousand dollars in decent condition because they're not desirable so there really isn't a high market for it right but you can they're based on a torino chassis so you can easily build one into something cool and have 
cool T-bird. Like, it's not desirable. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but they're cool cars, and they're not, they're on a good chassis, and they have good bones. So you can make a pro tour out of it. You can make a drag race out of it. You can make a street strip out of it. There's the options are endless, especially now with all the new technology. You know? Oh yeah, like my fuel injection, that was a total game changer. And it's so simple. I actually helped a guy that goes to one of the car shows that I normally go to. He has a unibody Ford that he put the two barrel version of the Holly Sniper on. And he has a a Retrobird, which is the 11th Gen Thunderbird, mm -hmm. the very last Thunderbird they, that Ford made. And he had one of those, and he pulled up next to a car show one day and started talking to me about it. And he was just like, oh, you have Holly Sniper on? And he's like, I've been thinking about putting it on my truck. And a couple weeks later, he had got it, had it on his truck, and he brought it up to the car show. And he was so happy with it and i had answered a bunch of tech questions for him to help him with it and it just made me happy to see how happy he was with it and anybody can do it as long as you follow holly has really great videos online to help you do it right and as long as you hook it up good it'll run great and be very reliable and it really really changes everything about the vehicle like going from a carb to EFI is just totally different. Right. Oh yeah, man. That's uh that's helped a lot of the hot riding community out to where they get instead of swapping to an LS, they can put that on and then they can have just that turnkey fire up, ready to run, you know, engine in their in their old traditional block, you know. Yeah, we don't like to, like, if you want, an, if you have a vehicle with no engine in it and you want to do an LS swap, we'll do it. But if you have a car with a good running engine, good working transmission, and you're thinking about an LS swap, my boss will try to, he'll sell you EFI before he'll try to sell you an e, uh, LS swap because at the end of the day, the EFI is its own entity. An LS swap, you have to deal with transmission controllers changing the transmission all of the added electrical to it but the sniper is standalone right and you can get it with the only real way that i see it being worth it is it's worth it when you if you can't get to this the hyperspark distributor ignition system and coil driver sometimes you can't run that because they don't make the distributor for your engine but that really changes it because then it fully controls the timing and it you don't have to set the distributor anymore you don't have to adjust timing with the distributor you can adjust it with your computer adjust it with your handheld and right now i was really happy with the bass tune that the sniper learned itself i was happy with it but i knew that it needed that it wasn't at its full potential. So right now I'm working with Mad Science Motorsports with um, email tuning, which is based on data logging. And the first tune he sent me was pretty good. And we're gonna go through about four versions, I think, to really dial it in. But I'm super happy with it already. Yeah, cool, cool. So now you're able just to hit the road and do your thing. Well, I appreciate you coming on and taking your time to, to do this podcast and be a part of it. Well, hopefully it will be it will be out next Wednesday. My art my feature on Hot Rod Magazine's website. Really? It, it's really it's an old feature they wrote that Courtney Barber wrote in January and it got lost in all of their magazine shutting down and all that right but it's gonna be i knew that there were articles about seven other women not just myself and i every wednesday i would be waiting and stalking their facebook and instagram and their website since january waiting on the articles to come out and i emailed them and nothing happened until i 
was just persistent enough that I got attention of their Instagram account because that's the only account that you can message. And if I wouldn't have done that, they would have been lost for years. Wow. And, but next Wednesday, the 15th is when the article should be out. So Ooh. I'm pretty excited about that because it was, it's a big deal to me. Because yeah. not enough women get recognition on Hot Rod unless you're just a a prop sitting next to the car. Right, you're right. Like, I'm all for models and all for pinups. It's beautiful. I'm I'm too bruised to look nice in a dress, but it it makes me happy knowing that they're not going to be lost and that seven other women's features are going to be seen by others and that it's going to really really instill more female presence on their magazine website well that's pretty awesome i didn't know about that that's a good thing god that's that's free that's awesome so now i'm going to be checking out to see because i can be like hey i know her <laughs> yeah it's it's a um the day that I was messaged about it. I like, I thought I was dreaming. It was like seven thirty in the morning, and I like pull up at work, and I get a notification on my Instagram that Courtney Barber wanted to send me a message, and she was asking me if I'd be interested in having her write a story about me. And I was just like, "Am I awake right now? <laughs> Is this real?" Because I never imagined that like I've I have dreams I had dreams growing up but they were pretty conservative and still every day I'm just like I can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing yeah that's awesome and you got a good story and that's why you needed to be on here and that's why you're on patina code well thank you for having me dennis i appreciate this hey, greatly for sure. yeah you're welcome i'm glad you come on and uh had to do it and all the you know you got a positive response from everything that you got going on on instagram and it's just it's cool to see like i told you i show show my little girl i'm like look at her she's a girl just like you and she's doing her stuff so it's cool it goes further than just what you're doing you know so i'm sure there's other people that's checking it out but hey i appreciate the time and you telling your stories and getting all of this put out there and we're going to be on lookout for your feature and hot rod and it's going to be cool you have to come back on and tell us some more stories on the next time I will gladly do that yeah man we can talk about what your uh, man does you talk about your boyfriend I know he's a fabricator right yeah he builds roll cages for side-by-sides and he also does um, work outside of that as well he just built a bar stool go-kart for one of my mentors it has a wheelie bar on it and it's gonna be super dangerous but super awesome right <laughs> <laughs> right yeah the two supers that end up with uh the red and blue flashing lights showing up you know i'm hopeful it doesn't get that way but it's it's definitely something that's a little bit sketchy <laughs> hey so before we get out of here let everybody know where they can find you at um I have my Instagram, which is SVTBird, and right now I don't have my YouTube channel set up, but eventually I'm going to try to make some videos of stuff, whether it be stuff I do at work or projects when I'm working on my car, but normally the projects on my car is like, okay, I have to get this done in this amount of time so I can drive it to work. <laughs> right. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. You're living the life. You're living the whole code. You're living the patina code, man. <laughs> I try. For sure. Hey, thanks, Sam. Thanks for taking You're the time welcome. to do this. All right, and we'll talk to you again soon, all right? Okay, talk to you soon. All right, everybody, that was Sam. The SVT Bird. You can find her on Instagram under that moniker. And you can also find me on Instagram at Patina Code. 
And while we're getting out of here, you know I got to remind you to check out my guys, Joe's Racing Products. They have a lot of cool aftermarket race car parts that fit really well on your project build. Joe's Racing Products, accelerating performance. LS Fabrication for early model Chevy pickup trucks. They have a whole lot of cool things going on that would fit really well with your next project Chevy truck and they're making some innovation so they're always coming up with something new and unique to make your truck stand out and also at this time I'd like to say have a look at Champion Cooling Systems. That's our show for today guys and I appreciate you checking us out and keeping this thing going. That was an awesome podcast and we'll have Sam back on here again because she's got a lot of interesting stories to tell. Being in a full-on body shop, working there, she's seen a lot and she's learning a lot and she's happy to share and talk about what she knows. Guys, I really do appreciate all the support you guys are showing for Patina Code. We're going to keep this thing going. And if you would like to hit up my online store, get yourself a Patina Code shirt and that just keeps the ball rolling. That's all we got for the now, guys. Thanks for listening. Stay with me.